This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. This is Jordan Moorhead with the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. Today, I have a really excited guest on, Or Yokanen. Uh, he's with the Investory, and he's going to tell us all about what they're doing here in the Austin area. Hey, Or, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on. I know we had some issues getting this scheduled. I know we're both busy, but you made it happen, and I really appreciate that. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm excited to have you here. First question before we get too far, what is your favorite restaurant in Austin? My favorite restaurant would have to be Uchi or Uchiko. Uh, probably <laughs> probably you've heard it in the past. Yeah, both great restaurants too. Love that yeah. place. Uh, or real quick, just for everybody listening, who are you and how are you involved with real estate investing in the Austin area? So I'm an ex-engineer turned into a realtor. Um, mm -hmm. I am doing a real, residential real estate, both from an investment perspective and also from you know just a primary residence perspective. Mm -hmm. I personally own a dozen properties and I closed something like 250 properties over the course of the last uh, couple of years. My license is relatively a new one. I only have it for just uh, two and a half years, uh, but I've been re relatively active. That's awesome. Yeah, that's very active for two and a half years. Yeah. Yeah, good stuff. So you own 12 properties. Are you mostly in the Austin area with those 12 properties? Yes. All of my properties are within the Austin Blast Radius. So there's some in Austin. Like I go as far as Georgetown. Uh, I am a big advocate for North Austin due to the data points and the reasons that I think that the area is undervalued in comparison to other areas uh, in the U.S., so some people say that, you know, I put all my eggs in one basket, but I'm thinking that, ah, you know, it's a really good basket. I like mm -hmm. this basket. <laughs> and if yeah. you get broke, don't fix it. No, I love that. You know, put all your eggs in one basket, but you know this basket and you're you're watching over all your eggs too. So that's good stuff. Yep. Or I, I know you're a former engineer. It's funny. So many engineers end up in real estate investing, but what attracted you to investing in real estate? And when did you start? What attracted me? That's a great question. I I think that what attracted me, maybe coming from Israel and seeing how, like in Israel, the real estate uh, appreciates very strongly because you have a big scarcity uh, of the land. Like you don't have a lot of land and the demographics is just growing exponentially. And I've invested in real estate not through an investment property, but more as a primary residence and seeing my equity grow. And then in the stock market and the index funds, which I also invest in, I just, I didn't feel that they have an edge there. I feel in real estate, the market is kind of simple or at least simpler. And there's a big emotional barrier of entry. And I felt more confident uh, starting to deploy capital there. And I did not invest in real estate before Austin. So I lived in uh, I lived in Israel and then I lived in California for only six months. Yeah. But when I came here, 
everything clicked. I was like, oh, this is so obvious. It's so freaking obvious. And then in my first year, I bought seven properties and I bought the, the rest afterwards. Um, and I like, I call myself like somebody who can take calculated risks. So mm-hmm. I think I'm on the conservative approach, on the con- conservative end of the spectrum compared to people who are actually going to do something about it because mo- most people are just more conservative than me. They're not going to invest at all. So between investments, I kind of more on the conservative side. Uh, yeah, and I think that with real estate, it's just, I don't, I don't need the money right now. I'm thinking about my future. So mm-hmm. it kind of worked for me. Okay. No, I completely agree there. You know, it. The, I love the calculated risk perspective you have there. And you talked about, you know, North Austin being kind of your favorite area. What what attracts you so much to North Austin and why why not South Austin? You know, I know everywhere is growing around here. So I'm just curious. Definitely. Yeah, I think that South Austin is excellent too. And I can also speak about why why what are the growth engine of the South, which definitely exists. But A, I live in the North. It's a bit, you know, it's a bit easier to a degree. I like having properties within 30 minutes of proximity, even though now when with my or my property management division or partnership, I don't really manage it anyway, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but from a growth engine perspective, I would say that looking at the domain and then the expenditure, like not the expenditure, I'm sorry, the expanding of other companies towards the north kind of mm. tells me that it's just there is so much more room to grow while still being landlocked. So if I look at Cedar Park and Brushy Creek, they are larger than Allendale and Crestview, for example, but they are still landlocked. You don't really have land reserves uh, in these areas. And the prices can still make sense from a value to rent perspective. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about Facebook opening a building, like building a building in, in the domain. I think they've already done. Apple building a second campus and then Blizzard and NVIDIA moving towards close to my home. I live uh, right by uh, Avery and Palmer. I see the companies migrate here, but then I look at the education. Everything is just top notch. West Stroud school, uh, school district. Like I'm not going to send my kids to private school. I don't think uh, it is required. And my I have clients that are very high income and they all go to public schools and I like it. I like being in a public school from just, I don't know, a personal agenda. So all in all, like a lot of things click here and I'm thinking that people like me, um, I don't know how to say it, uh, quote unquote, high caliber is not the right person. Like, let's say high income, you know, if I'm thinking about me as an ex-AWS engineer, mm-hmm. those type of people who are making six-figure salary, what they're looking for, they're looking for employment opportunities and they're looking for education. North Austin has both while still being relatively affordable. It is not as affordable as three years ago. Uh, ago. And it's definitely more affordable than five years in, into the future. So I think that's kind of attracts me into the North. And I, I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that the South is bad or East or West. I think each area has its own growth engines. Uh, but yeah, that's, I'm sorry, kind of a long answer, but that's kind of what, no. what brought me into this area. No, I like it. And and I, I know you're coming from an investment perspective. So that makes a lot of sense. So, hey, the prices are still relatively reasonable compared to prices of other areas of Austin. And I, I like that perspective because, yeah, the West Austin is probably the highest end, but you're never going to make a rental work. And 
Rollingwood or somewhere like that, you know, Westlake. The rentals just don't work there unless you bought them 30 years ago. Yeah, no. And and then, by the way, and even if you bought them 30 years ago, they don't really work today, but you just don't think about it. You just have so much equity in it. Mm-hmm. If you look at the valuation compared to your uh, your your rent, your your cap rate uh, is just, it's so low. It, it would be better to just redeploy your capital in a different area Unless you're just banking on appreciation, which is still, like, it's going to happen. But I, mm-hmm. like, you know, in my perspective, I would rather have like five properties in, in Brushy Creek compared to one property in Westlake for investment purposes. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that in your very specific for investment purposes. Uh, so yeah. Laura, can you tell me a little bit more about what is the investor? Yeah, I know I, I saw that as part of your email signature. I see that behind your head right there. What is the investory? What's the, what's the purpose and what, what's the background there? Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here, and I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing, and I'd be able to help more people. Thanks, guys. Sure thing. So the investor group is basically a real estate group, and we have an end-to-end solution for real estate. So instead of me just being the a friendly neighborhood realtor who just opens up the door, tells you how nice is the kitchen. We're trying to bring a, a more holistic approach to this. So starting with education. So I have a YouTube channel in which I'm trying to just put educational content. I don't do like marketing. It's more about like long videos, too long mm-hmm. probably, as you can see for my answers as well. That uh, <laughs> goes very, very deep into topics. So instead of me telling you, oh, you should invest in real estate. It's so awesome. I'm going to go deep into how you leverage your funds and what is the good and bad things about it. So after education, let's say that, okay, you're thinking Austin might be the right place for me. And sometimes, by the way, it's not, but let's say it is. Now we're walking towards tracking down a property that adheres to your criteria. And we're using my proprietary software uh, I'm an engineer still. I will always be. <laughs> I think cool. I, I look myself first as an engineer and then anything else. And I built a bunch of tools um, to look at properties from the data uh, approach. So not only from the emotional approach. The thing I'm battling with is that people think, oh, you're the data guy. You don't have any emotions. And I'm like, ah, why not both? <laughs> you can still have both. You know, it, it doesn't yeah. need to be one thing or the other. And then like, let's say that somebody closed the property. Now they need to renovate it. We have an ops division, and let's say they want to manage it. There's a, a property management partnership, and if they want to lease it and manage on their own, sure thing, we have a service for that as well. The main thing is trying to give a, a full solution instead of me just focusing on the on the deal and on the sale, quote unquote, and getting out. And it's kind of it's kind of interesting, and I can tell you as an agent, and you would like you would probably understand better than most. From from an agency perspective, the sale is the bread and butter. This is where you have meat on the bone. Management, leasings, renovations, if you want to do it in a high quality and in a low cost, there's no margins there. But no. if you if you look at this as a part of the ecosystem, then it's instead of me taking money, spending it on Google and Facebook, I'm spending it on my clients and my clients become my marketing platform. So think that like per ABOR MLS, I'm like number one for 21 and 22, and I literally don't have any marketing. Like I didn't, I, I just started the YouTube this year mm-hmm. and, and it's not performing well at all. It's, it's a, <laughs> it is not working at all. Uh, my clients are just referrals. 
So that's kind of the full, well, you know, the overview of of the of what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. It is hard. Um, I don't know that I've done it super successfully, uh, but I'm working on it, and you know, I'm improving yeah. time and again. And I think you know the clients are happy. So, yeah, no, I love that. You know, in everything, it's just time time of improving it. You know, I know you. It sounds like you worked for Amazon before. You know, they didn't start out where they're at today when they started. What thirty years ago? It takes mm-hmm. time of iterating and getting better and better. So much, and I can tell you that it's it's funny. Not that I can even be. I can't be compared to Amazon. They, of course, like, uh, I don't know, 10 orders of magnitude or thousand orders of magnitude yeah, better than me. Million, but, maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah, million. But like, I'm looking Size. at Amazon as as like for inspiration. And when I worked in Amazon, they taught us that basically there is like the quote unquote flying wheel in which you, let's say that you have some sort of a scale, maybe a small scale. Mm-hmm. You try to reduce your margins and reduce a bit your profit and create more value. And you have more value, more people are coming, and then you have a larger scale and you have a larger revenue. You have more revenue, you reduce your margins. Mm-hmm. And it's like a flywheel. And that's kind of how the company operates from the inside. It, it really is. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is what I'm trying to mimic in my little, small, you know, in my, in my small operation. Um, and it's been, it's been working, I think, to a degree, just all about optimizing it. Uh, how can I create value to my clients without... You know, with still staying afloat, and it's working. I'm definitely afloat, but uh, I want. I need to. You know, there's still a lot of a lot of room to grow and optimize. And I'm very self-critical and trying to just look internally and improve the processes and get more value and just optimize every step of the way. That makes sense. That's awesome. No, I think that's really important. Just to constantly be trying to get better, and that's all you can do. Yeah. So that's good stuff. Or. What's the biggest mistake you've made in real estate investing? My biggest mistake in real estate investing. Okay. I would say that the biggest mistake that I have made when I was a younger investor, I only looked at a spreadsheet. I, I remember <laughs> I remember uh, walking uh, in Brushy Creek and basically skipping on properties because they don't make the hundred bucks per property that bigger pockets told me to do, and then doubling down on a on a duplex uh, in in Central Austin that looks amazing in the in the spreadsheet. And I remember me lo- walking around like a like a peacock. Oh my God! Look like to, to my friends, it's like my third property I bought. Look at yeah. these numbers, such a good so good numbers. You know, I'm, I'm so happy. This was the the property I sold. Like the only property I ever sold was this duplex, mm-hmm. because. What I didn't really factor in is the cost of my time and the cost of managing uh, the type of tenants that this type of property attracts. So now I know that there is like a spectrum in real estate and the closer you are to the cash flow end of things, the, the, the different quality that you're going to get. And it's not necessarily, it doesn't mean it's, it's worse. It doesn't, it doesn't mean it's not good the cash flowing assets are are great and we need to aim for those Mm -hmm. but uh, for each his own and for me like the cost of my time is significantly more like costly than another two or three hundred bucks per month uh, because just it's like it's not even an hour so afterwards like this is after i i I sold this property i actually moved to like a like an a class or an a plus class property um, and it's been working a bit better for me 
And even if it doesn't cash flow the same, it is just from an equity perspective and factoring and everything, I think it's the better uh, the better suit uh, for me. So, you know, to answer the question, I think not focusing on the full picture of myself as an investor, focusing just on the one element in the spreadsheet that was kind of easier to understand. Oh, this number is larger than this number. This is the better property. But real estate isn't science. And it's not just numbers in, in a spreadsheet. It's an entire experience. Um, so, yeah, I think I learned for it, from it. And I'm always learning. There are like a bunch of other mistakes. But I would say that was my biggest one, I feel like. Because like oh. eventually I sold this property, you know? Yeah, I, I did the same thing. You know, er, earlier on investing, I was just looking at the numbers. I didn't pay any attention to the location or the asset type. And and I, I made a few investments that, because the market turned out great, did well, but were just complete pain. You know, they were always a problem. There was always problems. It was always a headache. It took a lot of time. But this, it looked great on a spreadsheet. And then come to find out, it actually didn't perform as well as my spreadsheet said it was going to. So not only was it this huge headache, but it didn't didn't work as well. And and I like what you said of you know having that that property in a nicer area, the higher quality asset. It's so much less work, and you know maybe you don't make as much money right away, but in the long run, those definitely appreciate better. Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join GoBundance.com slash Emerge, GoBundance.com slash Emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole life millionaire. Yeah, it depends on what you're optimizing on. And I think that a lot of investors are saying, oh, cash, like I only look at the cash flow. Appreciation is just a bonus. But... What game are we playing here? Are we trying to model the reality or are we trying to just do whatever that is kind of easier for us? Because appreci people saying appreciation is just, a, it's like a guess, just like a guess. But you know what? Somebody paying your rent is also a guess and you're taking yeah. it, but the granularity is different because you're getting, uh, you're getting the revenue month over month comparing to getting the revenue on a larger scale, maybe down the road or whenever you cash out refi. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking that what we need to do as investors is to look at the full picture in a realistic, pessimistic way. So not being super optimistic. Oh my God, Austin doubled itself in, in three years. Let's assume it's going to double itself again. You know what? Let's not, right? But also not being extremely pessimistic and say like, oh, well, yeah, Austin doubled itself. So now it's just going to stagnate, even though it is still priced anywhere between three to eight X, uh, you know, uh, less in comparison to other comparable markets from which people are coming here. Because if that yeah. is the case, what is the argument really? Are we saying it's going to stagnate for eternity? And if we do, well, let's not invest here. I think a lot of people are just, they, they're doing whatever that they feel comfortable with. And maybe it's more comfortable to look at the cash flow because it's month over month. Mm -hmm. But reality is reality. So I think taking the right assumptions that are realistic and pessimistic-ish, you know, not too pessimistic. 
I think that's important. And look at a full picture and kind of understand. Yeah, maybe I, you know, I skipped on these properties in Brushy Creek. You know what? The property I bought for myself, my, my first home that I lived in, that mm-hmm. I did not buy as an investor, it's my top performing asset, including cash flow, by the way, which is like it's it's interesting because the rent increased by a big margin by more than a thousand bucks over the course of three years per month. That is crazy. You know, it's crazy. And I'm thinking that in like had I made the decision to buy that first asset solely on the premise of being an investment property, I would skip on it because back mm-hmm. then, yeah, it was minus hundred bucks uh, 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 cash flow per my calculations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it depreciated like three hundred grand. So wow, wow. So your your best property is the one you bought to live in, and you bought it to live in it because you like the area and it was a good neighborhood, and that, you know, like the house, that kind of stuff. But now it's it's appreciated so much and the rent's gone up so much. It's actually your best performer. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And all of the, you know, you know how it's like, you, you live here too. Everything appreciated. And I'm, I'm saying to people all the time, like in Austin, in, in my in my opinion, that is very biased. Even if you purchase a property over the market value with a bad agent, if you wait five years, you, you it's, it's fine. You're going to come ahead still. But why won't you optimize <laughs> yeah, instead of not? doing that just get more equity from the from you know from the get go just buy it with equity inside and you know make a better deal uh but yeah i am you know i i moved away from that property literally because of that like i liked my my old home it was a, in a great neighborhood it was a very beautiful home me as a you know semi young guy back then i bought it when i was like in, in my early 30s or mid 30s I never, you know, dreamt that I would be able to own something like that. Coming from Israel, you know, I, I grew up in a like a thousand square feet apartment mm-hmm. uh, in the suburb. You know, it's like ugh, coming here to like a twenty five hundred square feet home, wow, in ten thousand yeah. uh, square feet of land. Oh my god! But then <laughs> after after like a couple of years, I told my wife, "Listen, like we're not going to sell this property. We're going to rent it. And if we do, we're going to buy something else." We're going to get outpriced, and then I moved into my current home. Then my current home, you can never, can never be a rental. Okay, yeah, no, sometimes that happens. Um, so, if you had to start over today, is there anything you'd do differently, or? Yeah, if I had to start over today, I think I would, I would do some things differently. Of course, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, but mm-hmm. I would, I would probably focus more on the areas that I really believe in the location because you can renovate the property, but you cannot, you cannot renovate the location. The location is the location. Yep. So I have, I have like three properties in, in Georgetown and don't get me wrong. They're doing great. And actually, even though they're on the quote unquote, a lesser class of the spectrum, you know, compared to some other properties of mine, my tenants, there are excellent, mm-hmm. but my properties in Cedar and Brushy, they've, overperformed so had i done it you know can i do it again with my hindsight i'll probably get another like one property maybe one or two in the central austin area deploy a bit more capital get a, a bit larger loan on the 2.5 to 3 percent interest rate and and you know and get like lower cash flow because over time these are the properties that will appreciate now i'm, I'm completely outpriced i will never buy a property in these areas because it's like you said earlier, like with Westlake, I feel like we, we're getting to that point there as well, that it really doesn't like it doesn't really make sense. So I would probably focus more on location that is a, like affordable 
like the the best affordable location. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. best location I get for my money. Absolutely, and that's what it's funny that I I, I absolutely hear you talking about location. You said the duplex it looked great on the spreadsheet, wasn't in the greatest location, but that's what worked so well for me early on here in Austin was, you know, buying in the most of the best location for the money. And I didn't realize it at the time, but by doing that, everybody else wanted to move there too, because it was the best location for the money and they appreciated like crazy. So it's, it's interesting. If you buy somewhere, the best location you can get that's affordable, it's not going to be affordable too long because it's the best location you can get for that money. And people are going to go crazy and bid it up. Yes, precisely. My, my latest properties that I've bought, Mm-hmm. All of them are in a more premium-ish, you know, that I could afford location. So, of course, not Westlake, but mm-hmm. nicer neighborhoods that, like, basically, I would place my parents there. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would place my, 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 best, my best friend could live there as, you know, my friends, <laughs> they probably have a, um, they, they can lend there, you know. Um, so that's kind of what what I learned and how I doubled down in my most recent purchases yeah no that's great advice or what are your long-term goals for real estate investing and where do you see your career going in that space my long-term goals are you know the american dream i want to be able to i want to be able to theoretically get my foot off the you know off the pedal a bit and work not as hard as i have been um I think, you know, I'm I'm very, very fortunate and privileged to A, to literally just live here in Austin and, and in the US. You know, yeah. I wasn't born in the US. And for me, uh, being here is amazing. And I'm just, I, I love this country. Um, and I am privileged also to just be relatively okay with what I do and be relatively successful. Uh, but, you know, I do want to get to the point that I can spend a bit more time with my family, with my children. Um, and I think that once I start to basically exit from the properties, meaning starting to pay off the mortgages eventually, mm-hmm. um, and get you know the cash flow from there to support my my lifestyle and, and focus on the thing I just want to do, like education. I really like education. I like I have a passion for that. You know, to kind of take all the information I aggregated in my brain. And put it out there so somebody else can utilize it and kind of think that maybe I, I made some positive impact. So I wish that I would have more time to do that better and optimize it. Um, so once, so that's the, these these are my goals with my real estate. My real estate, my real estate is bought for me to live out from, not for my children. My children, they will get it too. But I don't <laughs> want to I don't want to die old with a bunch of assets that my children can now enjoy on their own. I want to enjoy it too, you know? Yeah. I've been working very, very hard. I didn't inherit anything. It's all me. Mm-hmm. So that's these are my goals. So I think that with Austin, you know, Austin is getting more expensive, but also the properties are getting better rents. So over the course of time, I will eventually start to pay back the mortgages. Just the issue is I have debt for 25 to 3.5 fixed rate for 30 years. I did not take the arm because I understood what's going to happen. It's obviously like, I think it was painfully obvious then. It's kind of obvious now. So 
it's hard. Like now I can I can start paying off mortgages, but I just it's I know it's not the right economical, like the right financial thing to do. I think it's it's better for me to redeploy and eventually get out. So for now, I'm still buying real estate and investing in other areas. But let's say in 10 years from now, I will probably liquidate some assets, return some mortgages, and start to get more cash flow so I can kind of live out of. But I don't think I'm going to stop working. <laughs> I, have yeah. too, I have too many things to do. <laughs> no, I love that. And, you know, and it sounds like you love what you do. Uh, you love where you live. And I think that's so important. It's is not having that mindset of when I get to here, I will be happy. It's, it's hey, I, I live in a great place. I live in Austin, you know, best place to live in the country, I, I believe. You know, live in the best country you can live in in the world. Like, why not be happy now doing what you're doing right now? And then continue to build for the future, too. There's nothing wrong with that. But I think you've got a great mindset on it. I really like the perspective. Jordan Moorhead here. Really quick, he wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on. Thank you. I would say that again, and I don't, I don't know if it's okay to say those type of things. I don't want to, uh, like, you know, to, to sound like a jerk, but I feel like that in right now, I'm in my mid thirties, uh, mid to late thirties soon. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm I'm living my end game life, and now it's all about optimizing it. And I'm I'm just I'm so I feel so fortunate, really, to just be able to do that. And I know some some people, you know, not everything is perfect in the U.S. Not everything is perfect in Austin. Definitely Everywhere, anywhere, Texas. Yeah. You know, never not perfect <laughs> anywhere. Yeah. But it's but you know what? It's not that far off, and hmm. I really like I, I really love this this area, and and I think that. Again, it's it's a, it's a privilege to to be able to get to this point. Like I didn't plan to to have such a good life, and I'm not. It's not like I'm rich. It's not like I'm I don't know like out of my way. But but it's good. Like I have I have my I have I've, I've I got to to the place that I want to be at, and now it's all about just optimizing it for the family and for the children, so we can so it can be sustainable without me getting burnt out, but. I think that I just it's 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 great, you know. It's great to be able to to do that, and I think that is that is the American dream for me, at least as an outsider, being able to to look up and see that the glass ceiling is so high here, and all you need to do is to 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 work hard, to play hard, take some calculated risks, and and just you know, just be you know just, just try you know try aim high and and, and do it. I don't know. Um, I, I like, I really just, I'm, I'm really fortunate to be here. Yeah, no, I love it. I love the optimism. And I like that, you know, you, you've got gratitude about where you're at right now and what you're doing. And I think that's so important, especially like you said, so you don't get burnt out. If you love what you're doing and you love where you are, it's hard to get burnt out even yeah. when you're working hard. So that's, yeah, it is true. It is true. Like, even though I, I've, I've been working in the past couple of years, I have, you know, I had one year that I w worked full time in, uh, in, as a full-time job as, as a director in a company and I did a real estate thing like 10 properties a month and it was just it wasn't healthy yeah. um, so I'm happy that I'm not doing that and I just do the real estate uh, but yeah I think that you know we live in such a great place and, and we're surrounded by amazing people I just I wish I can get to the point that I can be 
more helpful towards the community. You know, I want to, like in Israel, I used to, to give lectures and, and try to, to help others. I don't feel that I do it. Like I didn't really open up a, like an educational pipeline here. And I really wish that I would, I really want to get there. So I'm hoping once, you know, I stabilize, uh, I can get there and try to help. You know, I think it's really, really important. You know, you, you, you take something from the system, you need to give back. This is how everything can get balanced uh, in the in the grand scheme of things. Uh, yeah, no, it's it's great. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, giving back and being able to help others is very important. Or is there a favorite book you like to recommend? Speaking of giving back, is there something you like to say, hey, this is a good read you can check out? Yes, I would say two. One of them is going to be like you also probably heard about it a bunch of times, but it's still I really live by that. Uh, extreme Ownership. Mm. I think that Extreme Ownership is a book that everybody absolutely have to, to, to read because applying that is a game changer. When you really understand what Extreme Ownership is and why it's important, everything else is achievable. And I say that, you know, within my company, when somebody, when we when I'm trying to, to recruit somebody, ownership, like a true sense, in the true sense, in the, in the most pure sense of form, that is the number one thing that I'm looking in people. Because if you have the sense of ownership and you really own your experience and other people's experiences, especially when you work with clients, um, and everything else is trainable. Like I can teach you real estate. I can teach you data. I can teach you engineering. I can teach you a bunch of things. Mm-hmm. When I try to teach other people ownership, I couldn't. If you yeah. don't get it, you don't. If you don't, yeah. if you don't have the sense of ownership, you won't. Uh, but if you do, it will help you tremendously. So that is the book that I would uh, recommend. And then I have a second book, if it's fine to share, that is completely, it's more uh, recreational or uh, semi-educational in nature, Shogun by James Clavel. Uh, If you haven't read Shogun, uh, it's about, it's about like the Japanese culture of the the samurai area. And it's about a, a Western person who find himself in, in Japan by accident and he, he discovers about the area and, and you are discovering about it too. Even though if, you know, if, even if we think that we know, we don't really. And it just, it is such an interesting book and I really highly, highly recommend it's more, you know, not a, not a personal growth book, more like opening yourself to like a new world book, but I loved it. So this is my favorite book, I would say. All right. Is that S H O G U N Shogun? Yes. yes. Okay. Awesome. Highly, so, highly, highly recommended. Seriously, like the best book that I've read. Okay. Yeah, I've not heard of it. I'll check it out. Or what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? What's the best way for people to reach out? Just, you know, you can Google my name. You can find me on Facebook and YouTube. Um, my phone number is probably there. You know how it's like real estate. You, you search somebody's name, you're going to find it. Um, if if anybody's interested in in my style of you know, deep, uh, like deep diving into, into uh, subjects, then uh, my YouTube channel is all about that. And What's of course, if you want to, it's, it's called, it's my name. So nobody would, because I really suck at marketing. So nobody, nobody would ever be able to find it, but it's my name. It's a, uh, or uh, your canon, O-R-Y-O-C-H-A-N-A-N. Um, and I don't think that there are many or your canons in, in the U.S. So not a lot. Yeah. Or you can search for the investory, you know, my company's name. It's the same. It will bring you to the same thing. Okay. Um, That's easy. 
Awesome. Well, or thank you so much for coming on here today. Um, so do you have a website? Is it The Investory? Yes, theinvestory.net is my website. Okay. And oriocanon.com is like my personal website. And Facebook, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm a boomer, you know? So Facebook is my, uh, is my thing. Like I have an Instagram page. I'm not as active there. Uh, mm-hmm. Facebook is where I can share, you know, more in-depth uh, posts to a degree. Uh, but yeah, if you search for my name there or, the, you know, Google, you, you'll find it. And thank you so much for having me, by the way. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. So it's or your canon, pretty much any, anywhere it can be found. And absolutely, we'll put that on there. Or the investory.net. I am at Jordan underscore Moorhead on Instagram or Jordan Moorhead, whatever you're looking for. You'll easily find me. Or thank you so much. I really appreciated having you on here today. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah, yeah. we will talk here soon. Okay.